You're listening to the Bride Chilla Podcast, helping bride chillas and groom chillas plan their wedding minus the bullshit. One podcast at a time with your host, Alicia McCormack. Well, good morning, good evening, good day to you, my bride chiller and groom chiller friends. Alicia here. I am the host and founder of Bride Chiller. I am all about finding you solutions to making your wedding planning easy and maybe even pleasurable. Gosh, who would even say that? I don't know. It's not always going to be easy. I'm going to be honest with you, not sort of magic aiming up for you, but I hope today's guests will be able to settle a couple of issues and also open our minds and perspectives a little bit about how we go about dealing with other people, mainly when it comes to saying yes to stuff all the time and feeling the pressure, especially when we're busy, we've got jobs and lives and all the rest of the things that happen in our lives that don't just stop because of wedding planning. Uh, I am lovely, very happy to welcome the lovely Michelle and Lucy from Honeydew to the Bridechiller podcast. Welcome, ladies. Hello. Thank you so much, Alicia. <laughs> Hello. Oh, it's my pleasure to have you on board. Now, you guys got in touch with me. You guys, it sounds so Australian way to say, hey, you guys. <laughs> you got in touch with me to, to introduce your brand and I was very intrigued straight away. Mm-hmm. Can you tell me a little bit about what Honeydew is, how you help people. And then we have got so much to cover today. I don't even know how we're going to cram it into 30 minutes. (laughs) Yeah, sure. So this is Michelle. Hello, everyone. Uh, Honeydew, in short, is an online wedding planning service. We like to call ourselves the personal assistant for wedding planning because- Wedding planning, uh, I don't know if you all know, but it takes 300 hours at least. And a lot of that is doing a lot of grunt work that's sort of tedious. And so Mm. we decided to take over that grunt work, whether it's researching vendors, contacting them, negotiating with them, etc. And we do all of that work to totally surface the curated perfect results for the customers so that they can easily book vendors without being in a decision paralysis about who to book, whether they're available, whether they're in the right budget, etc. So we do all of that screening for our couples so that they can just make a decision about what they like and what they don't like. Okay, so well, this is very clever. Sorry, Lucy, I was just going to, I want to just jump in and praise you before you go on. I thought this was when you got in touch and we were talking um, offline about just the, when you said the time stats to me, I was like, of course, 300 hours, it's a long time. And I know a lot of the pain points for our audience and our community is this idea that wedding planning is constant. Like it is doesn't go away. It's very hard to do after hours and the emailing and the contacting and the and all that stuff just takes up so much time. So when you got in touch and went, this is an idea. Well, this is not an idea. This is our business. We've launched this thing. I was like, okay, well done. <laughs> Cracking idea. Over to you, Lucy. Yeah, so uh, I that's great. What Michelle described is exactly what we do. I think what our intention is, is to basically offer exactly what a traditional wedding planner would do for couples, which is like help them throughout this stressful process. Um, but we're doing it with like a tech angle. And we're based in Silicon Valley. We really believe that by using technology and a lot of modern couples, modern brides are now making more decisions online through email or whatnot. And the vendor uh, it, industry and vendor uh, 
are still very old fashioned in the way that they communicate, whether that's like always getting on phone calls or, you know, sometimes taking days to respond. So we decided to be like a filter for all of that so that couples can still um, communicate with us through these like tech friendly, tech savvy methods that they're used to. Uh, And then we develop relationships with the vendors and talk to them on the phone so that they still are used to um, dealing with us the way that they prefer. That's really clever. And you, you both come from tech backgrounds, don't you? Yes. <laughs> and you, you ditched the day job to start yeah. this business. <laughs> yeah. So I used to work at Amazon as a product manager. It was on this interesting product called Amazon Key, which is essentially when it first came out, everyone was sort of like laughing about it on Twitter, but it's in-home delivery of packages through the front door. And so completely non-wedding related. However, mm-hmm. What I took away from there was that like, oh, you can build something with technology that is so convenient that it will like fundamentally change people's day to day lives in the way Mm -hmm. that they think, in the way that they act. Um, And so after I quit my job there, I was really excited to bring what I learned from uh, Amazon to the wedding industry. That's great. And I do I do think it's one of those areas that, as you mentioned before, Lucy, that the wedding industry is in this weird shift at the moment. And I feel like the people that are currently planning their weddings compared to when I got hitched in 2012 are having a really different experience with mm-hmm. all of the information they've got coming at them, but then also mm-hmm. access to apps and tech and even bloody spreadsheets have evolved since we were planning our wedding. And that makes me sound like a nana, but it's so um, it's so fast. Things are moving so quickly. Mm-hmm. And also, I don't want to be the one, this old lady going, and millennials are doing this because <laughs> I sometimes pretend I'm a millennial, but I'm clearly not by just a couple of years. However, we are we do have the expectation that people will respond to a message quickly and as you said if someone is making us you know hold the line for 4 days to get an email back to us mm-hmm. and and I'm not I just want to I know that you feel the same way. We are not shitting on vendors saying <laughs> a lot of these people are one man one man and one lady yeah, bands absolutely. and it's really hard to do all the stuff but the idea that you have limited time to do things and then also as I said in the intro, we've got to live our lives. Wedding planning totally. isn't a full-time gig for everyone. It's hard. It's hard. Yeah. And like, and like, like you mentioned, vendors, we know like they are at weddings, they are on their feet constantly. And so mm. they are constantly managing couples who are reaching out to them, asking for pricing, asking for availability. And it's not that we like vendors are amazing and we want our couples to be able to book them. And so we act as like, we decided Oh, like let us be the buffer rather mm-hmm. than having couples get frustrated at the vendors for not responding on time. Let's be that buffer for the vendor and for the couple. That's nice. So you're the middle ladies <laughs> who will send the pushy emails and will get yeah, the information. We're the bad guys. <laughs> yeah, well, it's good. And it's funny because I think this brings us to our, you know, this topic of saying yes, but also not pushing when you're not getting what you want. And that doesn't mean you have to be rude or, God forbid, we use the shitty term bridezilla, which I don't believe exists because it's mm-hmm. an absolute fallacy. But the idea that we're then labelled for going, actually, could you just reply to my, I just want to, I want to do, I want to do business. Oh, all right, you're out. (laughs) (laughs) But it can be hard because sometimes 
you you get stuck in this cycle of sending 4 million emails asking for quotes, which please remind me to come back to that with you. But the (laughs) idea that then we have to wait and then you get the quotes back and you're like, oh, this is $10,000 over our budget anyway, Mm -hmm. so it's a waste of time. Mm -hmm. Um, Let's talk a little bit about, I went off on a tangent then, ladies, but I'm I'm back. Um, (laughs) Let's talk about being working people and we have lots of guys that listen as well so this isn't just gendered in the sense we're talking about Mm -hmm. chicks but I do think that there is this element of us saying especially female specific saying yes to things because we feel obliged and I really want to hear your thoughts on this and, and and what you've learned so far running this business and also in your careers because you come Mm -hmm. from a really male unfortunately come on guys male skewed area (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, definitely. Yeah, I mean, Michelle kind of touched on her background. My background is in business. So I was working at McKinsey doing consulting for two years. And then I moved out to the Bay Area to join a startup where I was a general manager running a division. I think kind of in both those situations, I felt a lot of the times that I was asked to do more than my job description. And so Mm -hmm. even in consulting, you know, when I was doing that, we were traveling a lot. You know, I would be with the team a lot of the times one of the few women amongst the team and I would be the one making the dinner reservations for team dinners Mm -hmm. or like checking the clock and being like, okay, everyone, like we got to go now. Mm -hmm. Like I called the Uber. Um, And I, you know, I, I always felt like, okay, well, someone has to do this, right? Cause like, I want to go have fun dinners with my team and bond with my coworkers. But I didn't understand why I always ended up in that situation. Um, And sometimes it wasn't as explicit as like anyone asking me to, but I just felt like if this is going to get done, like it kind of falls on my shoulders. Yeah. And I felt that like a lot of my female friends in particular related to that. And a lot of times women are kind of become default planners throughout their lives. And it's like a role that we take on either, you know, by choice or because willingly we want to, or, or sometimes just because we're the only ones left willing to kind of, carry that burden um you know whether that's like in a professional or personal setting it's really challenging I think in a workplace as you said especially when you are striving to do your best you are spinning plates you are feeling this burden of responsibility but also I think in jobs and I come from my day jobs in the tv production Mm -hmm. I'm a tv producer and I find that and and I have friends in tech and I think you, please correct me if I'm wrong, but I find that there is an element of, oh, you have to do this because because that's what's expected of you. It's not in the brief, but you should step out of this and do it because you should feel grateful you're in this job. <laughs> you know, and, and it's this idea that we should be happy that we are being pushed that extra bit. And I'm not I'm not afraid to work hard, but there's an, an element of just feeling this pressure to always go the extra 20% when you go, I just want to fucking go home and sleep and wear some stretchy pants, but I should be (laughs) in the office. I I don't know if that's always the case with guys. And I'm always open to feedback men, but (laughs) yeah, men, write me an email. But I really relate with what you're saying there, um, Lucy, because I feel like that that's a lot of people listening will be really feeling the same way. Yeah. And like, I've seen a study and don't quote me on this, where like in the workplace, if a woman does things like plan birth, extra birthday parties or dinner reservations, it's seen as like, oh, yeah, that is normal. But when a, a male counterpart in the workplace does that, he's exceeding expectations. He's going oh, the good extra on mile. Him. 
And there's like a perception that they're doing extra when they're doing the same thing. And Mm. so even if men are doing the exact same thing in the office, it's definitely perceived differently um, by by the people. Stop planning parties, everyone. Let the guys do it. (laughs) Then see what shitty parties they get planned. (laughs) Now, I want to really delve a little deeper into wed stress, which is what I call it, planning weddings and getting stressed off your nut when you shouldn't be. And the concept of hiring a wedding planner, which we are all very pro getting help and accepting help and asking for help, but also when you get to the stage where you're working with a planner or a coordinator and that can also stress you out even more. Talk to Mm -hmm. me about that. Yeah. So, I mean, I think like what I've seen and I'm also, my background's not necessarily in weddings, but my best friend did get married last year and I was her maid of honor. So that's kind of how I entered this world and and saw that like, there's not actually a lot of great solutions out there. I mean, I think for most people planning wedding today, they have two options. They can do it themselves and use tools like the knot and wedding wire, which do exist, but still require a lot of actual work in terms of contacting those vendors on their own. Or they can hire like a traditional wedding planner. Um, I think our experience with traditional wedding planners has been like, they're really great. They know their stuff, but they're also like small businesses. Um, and they might know like a local area really well and have really strong relationships with vendors that they often work with. But when it comes to like couples who nowadays are like asking for more and more unique things, you know, we're seeing a lot more mixed race marriages um, and they want like a very specific thing. It's hard for those wedding planners to say yes to that and kind Mm -hmm. of change the way that they normally do business. Um, And so I think sometimes like, there's this conflict between like, okay, like I'm a wedding planner. I do like 20 weddings every year. And, you know, here are the photographers I always recommend. And then couples on the other end receiving that communication and saying like, oh, okay, but I don't, well, I don't want like the same wedding that like you've planned for other people. Like yeah. I have these very specific preferences. And sometimes couples, you know, just don't know what's out there or don't know how difficult it is maybe to even like build these relationships. Um, and I think for us, like we really wanted to provide this option where like there was just more transparency. And so whether whether couples wanted to go with that, you know, photographer that Honeydew even has worked with for multiple weddings or whether they wanted to go with someone more untraditional, um, and has like a very specific vibe, they would still be able to like look through through our recommendations and, and make that decision for themselves. So when you are working, just break it down to me. And we, we, you know, and obviously I just want to say we want this episode to be really valuable for our listeners in the UK and Australia and everywhere else. So mm-hmm. we want this to be general advice and, and I think that it's working really well. But I just want to know a little bit more about your platform and then also how we can use some of the things that you have learned over the last sort of eight months of doing this gig and, and developing mm-hmm. this business in how we can then translate what you're doing and gift these amazing skills to some of our listeners. Cause I really think that's, you have, you've sent, you've got a great blog that's going to accompany this episode and, and you have some really cracking points about how to save time and also not get worked up with the process of finding quotes. And as you said, doing all the actual communication. So let's go through some of your tips, if you don't mind, of, of, of simplifying this process and making it actually enjoyable, but also how, how to get this communication a little bit more streamlined. So how does it work with, with you both do, and, and all of your 
you've got a lot of bunch, a lot of bunch, very sensible, Alicia, a lot of bunch of new thing, a lot of bunch of people helping you yeah. out. So yeah, how does it work? I mean, through running the business, we've learned, like you said, like ways to do things that are just that make you less stressed and make you pull your hair out less mm-hmm. because wedding planners also get stressed out <laughs> behind the yes, scenes. We, get stressed yeah. we, get, we have these little tricks. And so, I mean, the number one thing, and you've mentioned this on your podcast, I think multiple times, is just like prioritizing. So in the very beginning, if you don't choose, you need to choose first of all, you need to get the basics down and I won't go too in detail, but guest count, location, budget. Don't shy away from making a budget because that serves as like an extremely uh, strong way of making decisions because it will allow you to kick things out of the picture or let things back into the picture, etc. So after you get that settled down, then deciding what like your actual the things you care about are because like you've mentioned before like guests remember a few things about your wedding that are particularly amazing and you'll remember a few things and the linens and the napkins usually aren't that and so prioritizing is important so that you can feed that into your decision making and so getting that out of the way I think those are like the things that everyone sort of talks about on on the web and whatnot mm-hmm. but um in terms of being efficient so uh, when like just simple things, if you're finding a venue and you have some preferences in mind before you contact a single venue, create an email template that should state basic details of your guest count, your date, whether you want like an evening wedding or a daytime wedding, and then uh, a list of a few questions about availability. How much do you cost? Are there additional fees, etc.? And just create that template, spend the 30 minutes up front, mm-hmm. and then go and contact your vendors, whether it's like 20 to 30 of them and send the exact same thing. Uh, because you need to ask these, you need to provide the critical information up front and ask the powerful questions, which is, are you available? How much do you cost? So that you can get that information in and, one go. And if you need a template, there's a lot online. You could yeah. also reach out to us. We are more than happy <laughs> to share ours for free. Oh, yeah. that's great. We, <laughs> yeah. Thank you. But essentially like, we see that like things, conversations can go on and on between vendors where they're, they're like, oh, congratulations. I'd love to hear about your vision and whatnot, which is all great and nice. But we know that the information that our couples want is just like, how much do you cost? Are you available? <laughs> and so like stating in the email something like, I'd be happy to get on a phone call after you answer these questions. That does amazing things because you will get the information in one go and then you can sort of mark them in your spreadsheet on whether they're qualified for your wedding or like not qualified etc oh I love this now look we have to jump to a break (laughs) and after the break though uh, Lucy and Michelle I would like to hear well more time saving tips and also I want to learn a little bit more about some of the badass women that you have met during this time because I (laughs) I love you have a whole bunch of information I said bunch again it's the theme today (laughs) bunch Uh, you have some fantastic blogs and uh, you have lots of side hustly things happening profiling you know strong entrepreneurs and I love that it's really my scene so uh, there will be more with Michelle and Lucy from Honeydew after this okay Michelle and Lucy we're back I am back if anyone's forgotten I'm Alicia I host this why would you forget that's the stupidest thing I've said all day um listen listen ladies we were talking about saving time and I love the email template option it's such a simple idea that I think a lot of us don't do and I even know in my business that I should be using email templates 
50 times more than I already do because I seem to answer the same email over and over again and I type the freaking thing out over and over again. I'm like, why don't I just save it in the inbox and just cut and paste it or use the template thing? Duh. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's more of a statement than anything really, just reminding myself, note to self, make more templates. Um, what else have you got up your sleeves? Yeah, so um, something we see it's not so much as a time-saving tip, but just like a thing. We've talked to hundreds of couples and I always ask them like, how comfortable are you negotiating with vendors? And then most people react, oh, what? You can ne- you can negotiate? <laughs> <laughs> like I had no idea. And so one, there's like an education problem, an awareness problem. But two, after getting through that, there's like a fear of pissing vendors yeah. off and making them not like you and do a bad job on your wedding. And so like the thing I just want to emphasize is one, like, uh, like no, I mean, vendors are amazing and they are totally worth what you pay, but also know that the wedding industry is marked up. And we are saying this as professionals who came into the wedding industry and did a lot of research. And like when you, um, like Vox did a feature where if you try to plan a 120 person party versus a 120 person wedding, the venue will give you like a vastly Mm -hmm. different price. And so just coming from the knowledge that like, okay, there's already things that are marked up know that you can ask for a discount or or say something like actually that's like $1000 outside of my budget can you do anything to make it fit within my budget asking that simple question and then to address the fear of pissing vendors off or making it feel like you don't appreciate their work and the value that they provide just know like in a practical sense that a vendor is always trying to grow their business. They are competing with so many other amazing vendors too. And they're the online review system uh, exists in this day and age. And so like no one's going to do a bad job because they resent you for negotiating. Everyone's going to want to do an amazing job so that you refer them to your friends and talk highly of them. And so everyone's in it to get your business and to do a great job and make you really happy. And so asking for like a discount won't change and that. I think I you know and I'm a big advocate of being able to be honest and open about money and I do think once you reach the point of as you said negotiation and and finding a, a level of of understanding it's not like you're going to say this venue's 20 grand you're like I'll give you two for it I mean it, there's got to be because <laughs> they're going to go fuck off out of my life um but I think that there is a level of just saying, okay, he, what, do, what do you, hey, what are we going to do? I've turned into some sort of like someone from West Side Story. Um, there's got to be a level of being able to have a conversation and obviously you're not going to chip yeah. away at people because it's unrealistic. They're going to say no anyway. So I think we have to really shake off this this scaredy catness about talking about cash because you're investing your money in it or maybe your parents' money mm-hmm. or someone's money. And it, it is hard. It's challenging. And that goes back to our conversation earlier about saying yes and being strong women and strong people. We have to take ownership and be adults about things. And it shouldn't be uncomfortable to talk about money. We've really been conditioned to not talk about cash. And I think it's bad for totally. us. It's really bad. So I've just left that just hanging. Everyone think about that for a second. Uh, <laughs> everyone take a moment and think about when we last felt awkward about money probably something you've done today. When did you guys feel awkward about money? Personal question. 
I mean, so I handle a lot of the negotiations for our customers. Mm. So it's definitely like a second skin I've had to grow, I think, because like one, it's it's not my money. You know, I'm saving money for yeah. the customers, but I'm often on the front lines, like talking to vendors Lucy's on the phone, I <laughs> you know, being like towing that line between like, you know, being, ha- being harsh and like, you know, setting, setting people straight and also like maintaining that relationship. Cause obviously as a wedding planner with a lot of these venues, I want to make sure that that relationship stays positive. Lucy, do you have power language? Like what are your, not like power language, like a TED talk, but do you have phrases or things that you repeat? Because mm-hmm. it can be helpful to have some things to say. I, yeah. You know, one of my favorite ones, which I've now put on a jumper, on a sweater, which is that's not going to work for me, which I think is a really <laughs> great way to be polite. Mm-hmm. And it sometimes works with, you know, mother-in-laws that are like, hey, do you want to get married in the garage? We think it'd be great. You'll save some money. And you're like, listen, Lorna, that's not going to work for us because it's a fucking awful idea. <laughs> yeah. But it's a, no, it, definitely. It's a forward way to be polite, but also they cannot come back from that it's just not going to work mm-hmm. for us so what are some of do you have I, I don't want to put you on the spot but are there any sort of things that you That's could okay. you could um share that you would yeah. say over and over again perhaps yeah definitely I think like a great way to start any kind of negotiation is always to highlight the common ground that you have right and so for us since we're wedding planners we always say like hey look the couple is really excited about your venue they love the tour or you know they love the pictures we really want to make this work and just like set that common ground here's like the things that are you know deal breakers for us or things that are going to make it more difficult for us to make this work Mm -hmm. and sometimes that's around price right just like actually like our overall budget just you know you guys are 10 percent above that like is there any room you have to go down sometimes it's more like okay this works in our budget but we're hoping to get some complementary things in addition to this because we're already spending a lot of money as we all know weddings are very expensive so what else can you offer us um I think like after first, you know, just establishing that, look, we're both trying to make this work. Like I'm happy to make concessions on our end. Like, for example, if you can give us a better room block rate, if we then contract more rooms, like open to discussing that. Mm -hmm. But then on your end, we would expect that you also give something such as a better rate than like what you previously told us. Nice. (laughs) Um, And I, I find that like different, you know, vendors are able to negotiate on different things and it's best to just keep an open mind, not, you know, maybe the venue you're talking to and the manager of that venue can't give you discounted rooms, but maybe they'll be able to reduce some of the catering costs. Maybe they'll be able to throw in a free honeymoon night, Um, And, you know, everybody kind of has different levers as long as, you know, you remain polite, happy, pleasant, um, and just kind of keep everyone on the same page that we're all working towards the same goal of having an amazing wedding, getting that contract signed so we can move on with our lives and move on to the next thing. Um, People are generally very, very receptive to that. I'm so glad you mentioned being happy and gracious because... I am. I don't know if it's a life skill. If my husband Rich were here, were here, was here, he is with us in spirit. He's out playing soccer right now. But if he was here, <laughs> he would say, "Oh, Leisha, you're always really good at, you know, polite complaining to get what you want." And mm-hmm, yeah. we are really. I think perhaps our accent helps us if we're not in Australia. In Australia, mm-hmm. no one would give a shit because we sound like everyone else. But in America and in England, I feel like um, it works for us. But I'm always really warm and smiley and it's a little bit backstabby, but if you're really kind and you make eye contact and you're very 
mm-hmm. you know, polite and generous, but also saying, hey, this didn't meet my expectations. Um, what can we do to make me happy? <laughs> <laughs> it works, yeah. you know, but then you Definitely. see people that approach someone, whether it's in a customer service environment or in a restaurant mm-hmm. or at a hotel, and they're fiery and they're angry. And you're like, why? Well, I would, if I was on the other side of the counter, I wouldn't want to help you because I hate you and you're awful. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. I think. People need to wind down the emotion, but also just remember in any of these situations, whether it's dealing with vendors or if you're negotiating or if something's gone wrong, to kill them with Mm -hmm. kindness and then they will absolutely, if they are decent people, and as you said, value your business and your reviews later on, they will go out of their way to fix a problem or give you a cheaper deal or give you extras. But just don't be an asshole. That's my public service announcement today. Don't be an Mm -hmm. asshole. Be nice. Mm-hmm. Be nice. I cut you off, Lucy. I'm sorry. I got excited about saying. No, that's okay. No, yeah, I totally agree with you. I mean, I think like, you know, and and for some people, negotiation is is not a mandatory thing. Like, if you don't feel comfortable doing it, like, you don't have to do it on the phone. Is one thing. Vendors will yeah. love to get you on the phone to talk to you, but you can email them. You can just say like, oh, actually, I'd prefer to continue this discussion over email and be firm with that, and then ask them things over email and. They, I mean, then the worst, the worst case is they say no over email and you don't yep. even have to, to, to face them or talk to them. And, and that's totally fine. I mean, sometimes that even works better because then they have the time to talk to their boss or talk to whoever they need to talk to, to see if they can, you know, make your ask happen. Mm-hmm. The and worst you- they can say is no. I always got that advice when just asking for things in like regular yeah, life. Even too. like for promotion, right? <laughs> yeah. In your job or, or just things that you want in your yeah. life, you should go after them. Absolutely. And I I totally think that we hide behind this fear of rejection or people saying, I, I can't give you the discount. And then you, you think you're going to go and cower away and cry about it. Like, who cares? Move on. You ask. And yeah. if you didn't ask and they were going to give you the discount or they could offer you extra things or give you exactly what you want, but you didn't know you wanted it at the time, then you're never going to get it. And that mm-hmm. happens in, in so many parts of our lives. It's not just weddings. We've just got to step up, step up. Totally. Um, what else have we got to say here? Uh, <laughs> I sorry, I'm going back to my notes. I got I got so excited t- talking to you guys. <laughs> okay. um, oh, I wanted to talk to you when we first connected. We mm-hmm. you mentioned that you've been speaking to lots of badass women, and I love mm-hmm. badass women. And I want to explore <laughs> a little bit about some of the projects you're working on and who you're meeting and how it's all going. Because I, I oh my, love yeah. your clientele. It's great. We're meeting so many amazing women. That's one of the unexpected yeah. like perks Huge of this highlight. job. Just like you get to hear these stories of all these women who didn't know existed. But um, essentially, we have this series called the Honeydew Hustle blog <laughs> series where we decided to feature women who are in the midst of their careers doing amazing things, but also wedding planning because <laughs> there isn't that much literature out there about it. And so I just I interview uh, I, I like meet these women and I interview them and there's. I guess I I have to like pick a few stories, but like, they're all amazing. Um, Like to begin with one of our first customers, Yasmin was like, she, she came to us because wedding planning was so overwhelming and she was trying to run a company. And then we were like, okay, what about your fiance? And he was just, he's running a company too. So they were both running companies and trying to wedding plan and just like trying to be lead normal lives and be foodies in New York and stuff. And so like, just like being able to 
talk to her about her business and being able to assist by like removing this huge stressor from her life. That was like one highlight, but we'd be happy to mention other stories. There's just like a lot of women to choose from, I guess. Oh, I love it. And I noticed, well, I'd love to hear more stories. And I think that when we first connected, what really appealed to me was you sort of saying, a lot of our clientele are women in really high energy, high pressure jobs or just don't mm-hmm. have much time and men. But you were saying it's lots of women in in sort of those industries that just say, I, I care about wedding planning, but I don't care enough about it to not go to my job or be able to maintain my life. So mm-hmm. I think a lot of people would relate to that listening now, just not realizing how incredibly annoying also pleasurable but annoying the time the time suck it can be as well Mm -hmm. tell me about some more fabulous women yeah I mean I always ask them like what do you think of wedding planning like (laughs) what is surprising to you that you weren't expecting and a lot of people were just like I didn't know it would be this time consuming and I didn't know that like it would take I'd have to like take calls during work or like try to fit things in on my weekend, which I usually chill on the couch, but now I have to wedding plan because I'm a workaholic during the other five days of the week. And so that's like a common theme. Um, One conversation I really enjoyed was with a woman named Alex, um, who is like, she works at a startup in Boston and she became like the director of customer acquisition and marketing there. And then I just asked her what she does in her free time. And she is a competitive power lifter. Wow. Um, and so I asked, like, I'm just curious about that. Cause I like sometimes weight lift, but definitely not competitively. I'm just like, why did you choose that? And her reasoning was like, it's so as like being a woman, being in like the technology space, like people don't always applaud you for being powerful and for just like simply doing things that just like take a lot of effort and in powerlifting that's like exactly what you're rewarded for nothing else people expect you to be powerful and if you're not then like you don't you don't win and like that was an interesting like shift in mindset because like or just like an acknowledgement of a thing where people especially women are afraid to be powerful afraid to be called bridezillas or bitches or something Mm -hmm. Uh, and then there's this other thing where you're rewarded for it it's such an interesting contrast and what an amazing what an amazing experience for her to actually have that output of energy and feel that yeah that's really empowering it's amazing do you find and she's also wedding planning effort. Like, she's like like an amazing woman who also wedding plans but I always get caught up in the other part of their life yeah yeah and that's it. I, I love this industry and I love meeting and I love that you're doing it too, you know, talking to people in our community and learning all the different backgrounds, the jobs, the experiences, the lifestyles. We have such a diverse range of people that are, are part of our community. I know that you're experiencing that too and it's a real mm-hmm. pleasure working in the wedding industry and and I suppose it's one of those areas that just, you know, everyone, not everyone, but a lot of people get married and a lot of people have different mm-hmm. different stories mm-hmm. to tell. So it's great that you're tapping into that. I'm, I'm really yeah. happy. Where can people find, uh, well, firstly, if people want to get in touch for you to help them, and it doesn't mean you have to do the full wedding and planning experience. You could just pick up admin tasks for them. Is that is that right? Mm-hmm. You, it's 
Yeah, that is right. Yeah. So, I mean, to for help from Honeydew, um, we do offer full service planning, which is pretty much, you know, everything a traditional wedding planner would do. And we think more because we have this technological aspect. Mm-hmm. Um, but we can we also have a la carte services. So if you just need help, you know, finding a venue, you can just hire us for that one portion, which is obviously a lot cheaper. It costs right. $400 compared to, you know, 5000 which is what, you know, most wedding planners charge. Yep. Um, and we'll help you do all the grunt work in terms of surfacing, you know, a list of all of the venues that are already filtered for availability and your budget, and then also recommending what we think the top three that you will like based on your style. That's great. Um, to yeah. get in contact, whoops, or yeah, and so to get into contact with us, um, you can go to our website. It is get honeydew, honeydew like the fruit. <laughs> dot io, uh, or you can just email us. I mean, my name is Lucy, her name is Michelle, and our emails are literally just Lucy at get honeydew.io and Michelle at get honeydew.io. Um, but yeah, and we're also on social media, Instagram and Facebook at backslash get honeydew. Great, and we will. I will link. You've got this great blog, and I'm going to link to all of your social media and also a link to how people can get in touch with you in today's show notes and we will be tagging you uh, across the week in social media promotion so if you are driving don't don't touch your phone (laughs) I'm always thinking I say to people just go to this website and then I think gosh just don't be touching the phone pause the podcast (laughs) go back to it be safe, be safe. Um, and also, Michelle, when you're doing these wonderful profiles, where can we see those? Yeah, so if you look up, well, we post them on our Facebook page, so that's the easiest way to link to it, cool. but it's just called the Honeydew Hustle. Um, I think it's Google searchable, but uh, if not, uh, I can also send a link to that. Great. You, I, will, I will I uh, will attach that to show notes as well because I think it's such a great idea and I'm so glad that you're highlighting mm-hmm. fantastic, fabulous people. Um, thank totally. you, Michelle and Lucy. This has been so great. And I'm, I hope that people leave this episode feeling, well, a lot less stressed as they should with every episode mm-hmm. of Bride Chiller, but also empowered to make decisions that are good for them. And if time mm-hmm. is really tight, then find solutions that make it easier. I mean, we've just got to make life totally. easier. Absolutely. Yeah. Thank you so so much much. for your time. Oh, it's my pleasure. And congratulations and good luck. And it's just great seeing young, young, listen to me sound like an old lady again, entrepreneurs (laughs) kicking ass. It's really great. (laughs) Yeah. Thank you, Alicia. Happy days. Yeah. Happy days. (laughs) The Bride Chilla Podcast, empowering you to kick wedding planning ass every day. If you have visited vendors, gone to meetings and thought, oh, what are the questions that I need to ask this person to make sure they're legit and they're going to do the job properly? If only I had the Bride Chiller Field Guide, which contains all of the big, important questions you should ask before you sign on the dotted line with any vendor. This is what makes the Bride Chiller Field Guide very different from anything else on the market, which is why I wrote it. To pick up your copy of the Bride Chiller Field Guide and the companion Bride Chiller Survival Guide, visit bridechillerstore.com and I thank you for supporting the Bride Chiller Podcast.